Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another live recording for the Confident Woman Podcast. As you know, we've been doing our 12-week series on um, body love and acceptance. Last week, we kind of talked about why we wanted to do this, why we wanted to do this series and talk about what's happening and share our stories because we all go through it. And so people need to know you're not alone. So in the spirit of that, we're going to take some time to kind of share our stories and our struggles about where we came from with our body issues, body images, all that kind of stuff, because I think it's very rare that you meet a woman that has not gone through anything like that. And sometimes it can be a scary thing to want to talk about or admit. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to lead the way and be brave and talk about our stories. So maybe you can gain some strength in, in understanding that you're, you're not alone by hearing some of our stories too. Yeah, exactly. And and I think really the the premise of this kind of, you know, what you had just said is to, you know, really shine light on the fact that everyone's struggling, no matter where they are, where they whether it's struggling with their body, struggling in their marriage, struggling in work or relationships altogether. There's a struggle going on on inside every single individual. And so I think for many of us, we look at our struggles from an external perspective. So we tend to gauge our struggles by how we feel inside to the external results on the outside. And one of the things that I've learned throughout my journey is, like I said, we're, we're almost, we almost become like so self-absorbed that we can't see beyond ourselves. And so we get to that point where we cannot compare our insides to others' outsides because we're all in this together, right? So having that like awareness kind of really shifted that perspective, I think for me, but it took so many years to kind of have that light bulb moment and say, you know what? I'm not alone. Somebody else out there is struggling as well. And so really today is about, we're going to take down our walls. Like we are going to share the nitty gritty because, well, first and foremost, it's all in my book, Chasing Perfection. But second of all, it needs to be told, right? So we need to break that stigma that, you know, we have put up this facade that everything is perfect, that everyone, what we see online, especially, I mean, we're in this virtual world. It's not real. It is not real. And so that's kind of, you know, our promise. Again, we're taking these masks off and we're just going to show up and be real as our podcast is and who we are, real, raw, and relatable. So Aaron, if you want to go first... Or sure. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a big surprise. I think everyone knows that uh, being a new mom, shit's messy. So literally and figuratively, but no, I think like thinking of my whole life with my body has been, you know, like growing up, I never worried about anything, high school sports all year round. Like I remember like my high school friends, like as girls, my mom didn't understand. Like we would be like competing who could eat the most pizza and wings and all this kind of stuff. Like we never worried about any of that kind of stuff. And then obviously you go into college and you know, freshman 15, I was an overachiever. So I had the freshman 20 before Thanksgiving break. Before Thanksgiving break, like that's, I work, I would like to thank Natty Light and Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers for that accomplishment. And I mean, I remember going home for like Christmas break and my mom, straight shooter, she was just like, 
Aaron. Whoa. And so that's kind of where the first time I ever struggled with my weight and the first time that it started like that yo-yo for me where I was like, oh my gosh, okay, like I'm not way bigger than I've ever been. And so it was almost kind of forming a, 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 a kind of bulimia. Like I wouldn't throw up, but I, when I went back to college that second semester, I kept track of how many, like I knew what I ate every day and I made sure I burned that amount of calories at the gym. So I would not leave the gym until I burn whatever I ate throughout the entire day. So I played basketball. Literally, I'd go play pickup basketball for like four hours and I tried whatever. It was stupid. And, and that was at a time too where like I had to take my um, like portable, actual portable D- CD player <laughs> and like sit on the treadmill while you'd run or read a Cosmo magazine. But that was the start of it. That was like the first like, yo-yoing like for for me because I realized I could lose weight really quickly so mentally it was kind of like oh I can lose weight really quickly so if I put it back on I'll just lose it again or whatever I don't have to worry about it like I'll keep it in check but you know if that happens whatever I can lose it really fast and so that was just like all through my 20s was just yo-yoing and then um you know obviously any entrepreneurs know sometimes there's times where you're working hard in your business 24 7 so that you don't have a lot of time to work out and you're maybe not eating the best because you're either you're putting all your money into your business so you're getting the value meal at mcdonald's every day and then um or you're just in a hurry or whatever it's just it just i never didn't have time to go grocery shopping and cook meals and all that kind of stuff so um, that kind of took a big hit on it for, for me there too, but it's always, it's always been a yo-yo for me. And then obviously just had a baby. So I laugh every time I say that I tell Ryan, I was like, I feel like when I tell people, I just had a baby. I look as though like I just ate a baby before I like you're huge. Well, poor child. But, um, but I think like as a mom too, it's like that whole new stress of, of you're, you're trying to keep a person alive. You're trying to maintain business, you're trying to retain, maintain your marriage, your tra- friendships, all this kind of stuff. And it's very easy to, I noticed I was getting pleasure out of food. So it was like, oh, well, it's COVID. It's 2020. I had a baby in 2020. Why wouldn't I? So it was like, okay, like I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. So it was like having, drinking wine and like ordering a pizza or like eating in the piece of chocolate. Like that was like the only like pleasure I was kind of getting because I was so stressed out through everything. So, and then it just, it just takes a a toll on you, right? As a mom too, where it's like, I know some people say, I try not to listen, but you know, people are like, oh, your body's never the same after you have a baby, right? People say that, but it's like, I've seen women that have great bodies after they have a baby, two or three of them. And where, you know, I had a baby late in the game, right? Like, so I'm in my thirties having my first baby. So of course my body's not going to bounce back as if I were a 22 year old mom. And so it's like just constantly com- combating those, what story I'm going to buy into. Am I going to buy into the story of, oh, I'm, I had my baby in my 30s and whatever, so I just should let it go. Do I work as hard as I can to just achieve the best body that I possibly can for where I'm at in my life or um, whatever it is. So for me, it's just been like recently this year, it's just been focusing on just consistency and just working out whether it's not to get skinny, but just because it feels good. <laughs> like just because like I feel better and I have more energy and I know I'm doing something positive for my body. Like, yeah, I want to look hot as hell, but that's not like my striving factor now. Like it used to be when I was in my twenties yo-yoing. So it's tough. Like 
just in the, in the spirit of authenticity and realness. I told Rachel this too. Like I had moments last or probably like two weeks ago uh, where I was crying in my closet <laughs> because I'm like staring at all the clothes that don't fit me anymore. I was wearing one of my husband's t-shirts and he was like, not like badgering me or pestering me, but it was just kind of like, are you wearing my shirt again? And blah, 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 blah. And I like took it off and like threw it at him. <laughs> I was like, cause your t-shirts are all that fit me right now. And it was just a big mess. And then I cried for a half hour where I had to be like, okay, Aaron, like, let's put things into perspective. Let's get out of this funk. Like, let's start taking action steps towards stopping to feel this way. Also, side note, I felt like in the in Mean Girls, right? When she's like, sweatpants are all that fit me right now. <laughs> that's how I felt with Ryan's t-shirt. So that's like, again, struggling, yo-yo, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, I, we, sometimes different things happen at different points in our life. So I, my point is, I'm here to tell you that I'm 35 years old. I had my first baby this, this past year. And I don't have the body that I want right now. Like, we're never ever going to be 100% satisfied. But it's about doing things to make us healthy and feel good and be in the process versus, oh my goodness, I don't have my hot body I had when I was 20. So that's where I'm at mentally is just coming to the terms of like doing what's healthy for me um, that I know long-term will yield the results I want for the kind of body I want to have, um, but not being like, not getting so angry with myself when it's not instantaneous, like tomorrow. Like I want it to be, but it's not. <laughs> so that's where I'm at on my bod journey. So yeah, it is cool that when you get to share this, it, it's almost like it puts things in perspective, right? I mean, how do, how do you feel from like just sharing that? Do you feel kind yeah. of right? It's, it's almost like a release because it's like sometimes yeah. we're so trapped in our heads and these stories are bouncing off our, our brain walls and what is sticking. Is, <laughs> it's, it's like ping ponging, right? And so yeah. it becomes like what is sticking is then now like that loop and it reinforces those behaviors and we're starting to see this pattern. And it's just, it's just crazy how all this like really unfolds, but we almost, but sharing the story of, or anyone's story helps you move through it and come to terms with where you currently are. So now you have that starting point. And I think overall, I mean, for me personally, I, my mind started way, way young. Like I, as, as early back as probably eight years old that I can recall. And so for, to preface this for, for many, many years, I had struggled with body dysmorphia, eating disorders, yo-yo diet and extremes, self-image, self-esteem, you name it, that all stemmed from this, this warp perception of who I was. And that was being a shorter, smaller kid and growing up in a very, very small town. So being in a small town, there wasn't many other girls that were petite in my size. And, and so for reference now, like having to having that overview of where I've come from to where I am now, I realize I am not bigger than I am, but that's for, for anyone who wants to understand the concept of body dysmorphia, it really is a warped perception. It's the way you see yourself is distorted. And so I always saw myself as much bigger than I was. And so I didn't have anyone to kind of like a frame of reference to know where I stood. All I knew is that I stood out and I felt different and being young and impressionable, that kind of stems on you. And so as I was growing into my wider hips through like younger age, I'll, I would look down and just see again, this bigger trunk at the bottom. And it, it just magnified in my, my, 
in my eyes, really. And so I was active in sports, but I was never very good at it. I started realizing that sports being soccer, it was a way for me to shape my body, but not for a place that, from a place of pleasure and really enjoying the, the, you know, the game itself. Then it led me into using fitness as a way to manipulate and control my body. Is, and that's where I lost the fun in soccer. I lost the fun in just physical activity. I now looked at it as if I do this, then here's the result. And I would just correlate between the two. Then you throw in the extremes with dieting or food and I would restrict. I would restrict for long periods of time. I, for, for my like being in high school, my lunches would consist of three Oreos, endless pots of coffee and cigarettes. And I would just smoke to, and drink to drink coffee to suppress my appetite because I was too young at that time to even go to the store to get these diet pills and all the things that were out there. Then I would come home at that point starving and whatever my mother had put out there for dinner, I just I ate it very quickly. And then I felt really, really gross. So then kicks in laxatives, diet pills, the water pills whatever I could do to really just suppress that and get it out as quickly as possible. Then led into, you know, your younger adult years, uh, college time, you know, even into uh, after college. It was, again, don't eat because you have to look hot for, you know, going to clubs or bars or whatever it is. (laughs) Like, oh, okay, I have to go out on the weekend. Uh, These pants are a little snug. It's a Monday. So we just won't eat much of anything if it, if, if possible if I can make it till then and that was the cycle so it was constantly this this self-abuse cycle and then every time I fail at it because I was never getting the, the sustainable results I wanted it repeated that cycle and that's that self-abuse cycle the failure loop right so you do this here's the consequence you fail you repeat it again and so technically when you're doing the same thing and getting the same result that's insanity. So when you combine all of that on top with body dysmorphia, it really becomes that mental game that you're just so messed in your head, right? Because everything is magnified. So it, it really started to like unravel, I think probably, so about 2010, 2012. So I just used that time. I just approached a whole new decade and I said, this is my year. Um, I'm, I'm finally going to wear shorts, never wore shorts prior to that, except for soccer, but you know, you had the socks up high, so you never really saw the full legs. And I said, this is my year. This is the year that I'm going to wear shorts. And I hated it. It, it, it just, it, all the things that I had been struggling with just compounded over time would just remind me, you're not good enough. You're not small enough. You need to work harder, try more do more exercise, restrict more, whatever it was, it was never enough. And so for those who know what a perfectionist does, you exert all of your efforts into to perfecting that. And again, plays the failure loop, you're never enough. And so it again, going back to fitness as a way to regain control, I stepped up my restriction game. I stepped up my workout game. I stepped up all the extremes to the point of straight exhaustion. And I said, I just want to look like these bikini models. Like, why can't I figure this out? I'm seeing all these women in these magazines. I see all the beauty and the celebrities and all this stuff. And like, how have they figured it out? And in 2012, I finally said, I, you know, here's a bikini girl. I'm into fitness. For those who can't see it, it's air quotes, because I didn't understand what fitness was. 
And I took the stage as my first time as a competitor. I thought that I finally had this riddle figured out that if I had a goal for 16 weeks and I ate as a competitor would, trained as a competitor would, in those 16 weeks, I would, I kid you not, thought I would look like Miss Olympia. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I literally, because I, that's the way my math skills were like, you know, when it, you tie in fitness, is that if this is what this woman did consistently, then that's the results that she got. It never played in my, in the equation, genetics, age, how long she has been doing this, just all those factors, right? Me, it was just get me there as quick as possible because I want out of this pain point. I want out of this body that I have been fighting my whole life. And I did step on stage. I did not look anything like Miss Olympia. And as my body was changing throughout that whole process, the 16 weeks, my mindset never did. And I completely just bottom out at that point, hit rock bottom, ultimate low, failure, depression, exhaustion, burnout, bottom out, along with a major back injury at the time. And in that pit is kind of where I had to uncover and do all of that that inner work. And so I call it now the inner fitness because no matter how much of your external fitness, doing all the workouts, the running, the, the squats, the biking, whatever your fitness joy is, will never ever fix what is broken inside. And the broken inside is the same stories and the struggles that you have gone through your whole life. And that's why it's imperative to speak those, to share those, to talk about them because you are not alone. And when I was going through this whole process, nobody ever talked about it. Nobody ever exposed this. Because when you're in your head, you feel like you're so messed up that it's almost shame on top of guilt. And then it's the cycle again. And so nobody's ever talked about this out loud for me to understand that, wow, so that's what it is. I always thought I was messed up. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought I, I was broken. I thought I had to do this because when you, the projection, right? So our, our projection and perception of what is real is what is portrayed media huge and by others as well. And so when we're not sure who we are, we try to fit those other lanes and become what we see externally. And then when we look back in the mirror and say, well, I don't look like her, we're not enough. Hence the, the cycle, why we don't love and accept our bodies because we're told we're not enough. We have never owned it. We have never put ourselves out there that said, this is me and I'm okay with it because this is the body I was given. and our body." literally is a shell. It's a vessel for what's inside. And we cannot look at our our bodies and use it as a measuring stick to gauge our worth or our value or our success or whatever it is. And we see too much of that, too, too, too much of that, especially with women. So in a nutshell, that's kind of where my story comes from at the very beginning. And I had to do a whole lot of work to get to the inside so that I can have I don't want to ever say the body of my dreams because it's never there. It's always a work in progress. But I understand now I'm not my body. I'm more than the shell. I have a purpose. This is just a vehicle to get me there. And so we really have to, again, get to where this all started. Heal, let go, forgive, and all of that. And then you start realizing the body was never the issue. It wasn't ever the issue to fully love and accept yourself. That's inside. 
And that's the cool thing. And so we're going to talk a whole lot about that throughout this whole series. But it's, it's just shining that light and awareness to know that you are not alone. So no matter what you see, you know, especially being as a competitor, um, that wasn't just my first competition, but a competitor five times and never, ever was it, you know, you stand on stage and there's always more work to do. But as a competitor, you still get the women out there say, oh my gosh, you're into fitness. How could you not like your body? Not liking my body got me into fitness. Now mm-hmm. I use fitness to fine tune, you know, it's like caretaking for this vehicle as a way to continue serving out my purpose. So I'm hoping just, just being real and just vulnerable here, it's been a struggle. Every day is a struggle. Every day I have to wake up and choose to accept myself. Every day I have to wake up and choose to, to love myself, to speak kind words to myself. But there are many days that I do lose that battle, but I'm always, always on a mission to win this war. And that's something we want to pass on to you guys. Boom. That's a wrap. I don't even know how to add on to anything that I preach. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Yes. I can tell you were getting a little fired up. (laughs) I do. Because it just angers me because when I do tap into who I was, I wish I had that fuel and that fire from somebody else just sharing Mm -hmm. that message with me because I know I needed it. And that's why I poured everything into this book, why I pour everything Mm -hmm. into the work that I do, because it's a mission to give back to those women who are still struggling or still at those sticking points that they need to hear that they're not alone and that there is no ever getting over it. It's about managing and processing your way through this journey, equipping yourself with the know-how, the tools, the resources, you know, whatever it is to equip you to become a better version, not strive for perfection, not strive for whatever it is, but really strive for the progress of becoming a better person every single day. And that's the compounding over time. And that's the results you're going to get. And it's, I tell you what, as messy and ugly as it was, it's beautiful on the other side, but for yourself. Yeah. And it's crazy. A lot of women or, I mean, people in general, obviously we're talking women, but even I think a lot of men that have issues as well in the same, same category, but it's one of those things sometimes where it's there, we know it's there, we know it's, but like no one dives deep into figuring out everything that you just talked about, the why, um, and where these thoughts come from. And, 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 and you know what I mean? We just look, people just look, oh, I'm fat. And that's just the way it is. Instead of getting deep, like with everything that you were just, talking about. And I think next week we continue our series. So for week three next week, when we talk about um, society and norms, I think Rachel will probably be pretty heated again. <laughs> week. But but kind of like where those ideas even come from that we're comparing ourselves to these things that aren't even, they're just not even. It's Which a mirage. <laughs> it's a mirage. It's, it's that spirit. Yeah. It's the unattainable. We, we all know that perfection doesn't exist, right? But somehow we still think in our minds, we're going to catch it. And, and it's, it's an illusion. It's the mirage. So everything that we see out there is just not real. The realness is what we're, we're accepting for ourselves. And that really is, you know, taking off that lens and changing our perception of what is acceptable and what is worthy. And when we flip that on his head, we realize that's all us, right? We are, yeah. the, we are the value and we, we have everything we need within, but yet we have to stop mirroring how we feel inside onto others and assuming that 
they have their life together. So again, you know, you cannot compare your insides to others' outsides because you don't know the struggle they're, they're going through. And the biggest takeaway from this aspect of it, give yourself compassion, give yourself grace. Every day you will mess up. You will do something that's not perfect or on point or hitting your target, you know, drinking your water, eating your vegetables, whatever it is, you're going to mess up. It doesn't mean that you can't get right back on track to become a better version every single day. Give it 100% of what you got for that day and every day will change. So if you only got, if you're operating at 50%, give 100% of that 50. The next day, do it again, do it again. And that's that whole consistency compounded over time yields results. The results are found within. We have to get back to the root, heal, mend, and move forward through this journey the best we can. So hopefully the biggest takeaway I hope you guys all get, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And the journey never ends. It's hard work and we have to show up and do the best we can. So we look forward to next week and we'll be talking again, like you said, society, the norms, all the projections of what is an expectation, especially for a woman. So we're going to be lit. <laughs> I know I am. Yeah. And so we look forward to you guys showing up for that as well. So take care. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.